0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy.
1: That's what the poster
0: said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Turn to make it out? Because
1: nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right
0: now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
2: I just want everyone to know that I've hit record already. So we should
0: just start in now.
2: <laughs> I think we have. Now
0: that, we, now that we've already we already knew that.
1: Assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial forty from SoonerScoop.com.
2: Now here's the entire SoonerScoop crew: Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. Yeah! Welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast where uh, Josh McQuistian has been waiting for you to unleash uh, two travel trips of uh, high school all-American-ness on you. And uh, basically, I don't have to do shit on this pod today. I'm just going to let Bob and Eddie and Josh uh, talk about uh, all their travels. And I'm just going to sit here and continue watching Oklahoma and Florida State, which this is the second time I've, w- I've rewatched it. It's not a bad watch. Like, it's I, really not. You know, you Top know. Top five
0: bowl game of the uh, bowl season, right? I mean, it's, I mean, it's not it's better a good than game. It's not a, better than the two semifinal no, games. Not no. better than Arkansas, Kansas. Not better than the Cotton Bowl. USC, Not better Tulane. than the Cotton Bowl, yeah. but I would say that it's right after those four. And it's two traditional traditional powers, which good uniform matchup. Good uniform matchup, yeah. Really good uniform matchup. I'll take Florida State. Oh, you
2: were the red in the national championship game, so they were the white in in this one. I'll take Florida State minus two and a half. (laughs) Gutsy call. I think it's a pretty good bet. I like where it's headed. Uh, Anyway, we welcome in uh, Josh Christian, who is back from San Antonio, back from Orlando. Uh, He's been all over. We had the Under Armour All-American game on where I thought Jackson Arnold uh, looked really good, uh, at least on a couple of drives led really the only uh, elongated touchdown drive of the day. Everything else was pretty much big plays. But uh, Josh, let's just throw it to you first. Uh, Let's hit on that, just the the Under Armour All-American game, kind of your thoughts there. And maybe not just Jackson Arnold, but some of the other players uh, involved.
1: It, it was um, it was as good a performance as I've seen from a group of OU, yeah, you know, I guess signees, at a game that I can remember. I mean, like collectively, I don't think anyone hurt their stock. There are certainly groups that that jumped their stock, and we we can get into the individuals. I don't I don't mean to say groups. There were players that definitely helped how they are seen uh rivals 24 7 you know I, I i know guys in every network i had conversations with every guy in every or guys in every network and i, I don't think there's any doubt that some guys really uh impress some people more than maybe they even expected so there's uh it was i mean again it's just and i i thought it was interesting too i was thinking about this while i was flying back is under armor used to be something i would cover i didn't have to cover now I mean, you look at it, Oklahoma's, you know, their top three commitments were in that top four. If you throw in Caden Green as well, we're all in that game. Uh, Jaquez Petaway. I mean, really, it doesn't get until you get to like Macquarie Vickers playing an Army game, and it used to be very different. I think some of that is connected to how well Oklahoma's doing in the Southeast, which has always kind of been where Under Armour draws a lot of their talent. I mean, you go back to the Julio Jones, A.J. Green days, you know, those kind of things. So um i I thought it was a very solid performance like i said we can get into i don't want to give one of my long seven minute answers but you know the uh the guy that that stood out to me is pj adabari i'll go ahead and say pj adabari is going to be a consensus five star um in the final rankings update he he may be the number one defensive end in the country
2: yeah he looked i mean you know outside of and because he was on the field with a bunch of high school players you didn't notice you you don't notice the size difference like you will next year when he's on a college football field but yeah you know, he doesn't look like a guy that has a ton of of, of ways to go in the weight room
1: i mean What's good for him is because you know so often we see these guys are like big and jacked up top, and you can tell they've never done a leg day in their life. He's not that way. He's bigger in the lower body than he is kind of in you know in the the torso. So like he's gonna. I mean, and I, I think we can all attest he's about to hit an age where you start that that starts filling out. You know that frame starts to build and grow, and he is. I mean that I, I think Brent said on signing day he was like 228. He looks like he's 240. Like, I mean, he is an impressive looking dude. And at the same time, you acknowledge, like, he could carry 25 more pounds without even breaking a sweat. Like, he is, he's just so long armed and long legged. You, you're like, he can just put five pounds here, five pounds there, and you won't even notice it. Like, it's just, he is, it, it, again, his, it really, I, I don't think it's any exaggeration to say that he has an argument to be the number one defensive end in the country a top 10 player in the country. And I'm not saying these are the things that are going to happen, but to me, I think the conversation becomes between him and Samuel and Pemba and Keon on Keely. And I saw Keely yesterday at army. And we'll, we'll go into a little bit of that, but I thought Keely was a little bit soft, um, very talented. Don't get me wrong. An absolute freak of nature athletically, but a little bit soft. And I don't think anybody has ever watched PJ and had that thought and on the other side, Samuel M. Pemba, who is incredibly twitchy, incredibly talented, is about 6'2 and a 6'3". Kind of um, like a bulky R. Mason Thomas would be a, probably a good comparison. Super twitched up, very athletic. And again, he's 255. I mean, he's a big, sturdy guy. But P.J., with his agility and his burst to go with the length that he has, I mean, it, it's just rare. You don't see guys like this very often.
0: When was the last time Oklahoma had somebody coming in that offered just his physical traits? I guess
1: nobody, nobody that interesting. I've interesting. Like, I mean, it, it really is. He is, um, I was trying to think, it kind of reminds me of from a body type perspective of like Frank Alexander, that kind of long armed, real kind of like carries 260 and looks kind of flat bellied. But like with the burst of like an R.J. Washington, like maybe not quite that much burst, but that kind of that agility, that change of direction, that that's what amazes me. I mean, the guy like you've I kind of thought when I watched this tape, I was like, OK, I love this. But what, he's going against, you know, guys in the Kansas City area and not, you know, the elite of the elite sometimes. And I thought, well, once he gets out here, it's going to be different. Guys, I, I watched him, you know, and Eddie, I know you've put up the video, and some people have seen this as well, but, like, they'd be running read plays, and he's covering the quarterback and the running back. Like, he would stay in, watch the exchange, and then if Jackson Arnold or Jaden Rashada gives, he'll just run with the running back. Like, I mean, and, and, and he can basically do it, he, and it's just – it's absurd.
0: He, he's one of those guys that Kirby Smart was talking about in that uh, one of those interviews leading up to – I I think it was the – it might have been the SEC championship or something. We, I know that we talked about it here on the U forty, just as far as uh they have you have players that can make up for, you know, being out of position just because they're superior athletes to the other guy.
1: Yep. That 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 thing I talked about, that coaching clinic that Smart was at was like, well, we were actually wrong here, but this guy made us right. I mean that that's what you're talking about with PJ Atabari, Like that that kind of guy and I came out of it, and again, I mean, I'm watching Jackson Arnold, I'm watching Peyton Bowen, Jaquest Petaway, Caden Green. Caden Green had a really good week as well. I mean, we, we can dive into that as well. Uh, it's He um, – he, PJ, I kind of thought this might happen, but he went even a little farther than I thought he would. Caden surprised me, but um, I, I, I think PJ is the best prospect in this class. Like, and I, I'm not entirely sure how close it is. And that's not to say there's not really good guys in this class. I – I think if PJ had come in with the notoriety from like his junior year where he's a top 50 guy, you know, we, we could be having a legitimate, like top three in the play, like in the country kind of conversation that that's how special I think he is.
0: It kind of highlights just how good this class is too. When we're evaluation talking about the, uh, under armor and the yeah. evaluation process, it's like talking about the underarm game or you're talking about the army game and it's, I mean, you're talking about damn near half of the class almost that is playing in some of these games. And there's more of those guys that would have played a Derek LeBlanc or somebody like that had he not decided to uh, go practice early.
1: Yeah, I, 11 of 25 played and 12 of 25 accepted invitations. Like that's that's what you're looking for. I mean, that, that's what you're trying to do. That That's not quite Alabama territory, but when you start moving to that 15, 16 range, that's when you're you know, top three, top four class in the country kind of area.
0: Well, I mean, I, like I said, I'm just sitting here. Uh, you guys Dylan Gabriel, Gabriel sending him. out cryptic uh, tweets left and right. Left right now. and right by Dylan. Really? I got to get on Twitter. He I guess. is fired up about Matthew Lee. Well, good,
2: because at least some we have some indication that Dylan Gabriel likes something about Norman right
0: now. Like, I just don't think that there's like any. I, I don't think he's going to make an announcement. I say it every week. I just don't think that there's any like suspicion drama. Like, where yeah. did the suspicion that he was going to it's go just the somewhere expectation. come from? Like you it's, just want to see someone. Because, why?
3: It's because he didn't answer it yeah, multiple I guess. times. I had mean, it. Justin
2: Broyles announced he was going to the NFL. Everybody announces we everything. We wish him the best. <laughs> yes, we do. But I'm just saying. Should be celebrated.
3: That's the only reason is because he had a chance after Tech. And when he said it was too too fresh, he had a chance going into the bowl game. Yeah. And he's like, that's not what I'm focused on.
0: It's like, okay, you figured a day or two after the bowl game, boom, I'm I'm coming back. I think he's just playing the dance with with everybody. (laughs) I think he likes toying with everybody. And I kind of appreciate it. I mean, he's been fired up about every transfer that's
3: had an offer or made a visit or Committed. It's is starting quarterback at Oklahoma. He's not going anywhere. Doesn't sound like it. And and when you look at OU's lack of any sort of movement in the portal with a quarterback, I mean, all signs point to toward it. I think you just you just want to hear him say it.
1: Guys, is there a possibility that he's not saying it because he's planning to be here in the spring and then see where things go? I just don't think with that, I I mean
0: from a. Hypothetically, if that were to happen, like what that would be a terrible position to put himself in, wouldn't yes. it? Because there's most of the spots are already taken. Sure. I I just I don't I, know. I I think it's kind of a big to do about nothing right now. It's just when he made I, that announcement about his brand, like right after oh, the I season. Think that there's part of that too. Like he's just so you're like can you building know it up. They're building okay. something. Yeah, up.
2: he's okay with announcing stuff. Okay, go ahead and announce and it. And let's face it. I mean we're. Uh, what, 90 miles away from the biggest disaster going on in college football right now at Oklahoma State. Like, everybody's just a little freaked out about everything right now when it comes to the transfer portal. I mean – if you know an Oklahoma State fan right now, they are shitting bricks. I mean, it is unbelievable right now what's
1: going on From with that. Fan sounds base. Of that, that's like a little go bit self inflicted. Go, go talk with your Oklahoma State friend. Like they they need somebody to talk to. <laughs> one, of, one
0: of the one of the one of the great places in all of the country is uh, the barn. You can go get six packs twelve through. packs that are split in half, twenty four packs even. It's one of the great experiences buying that's beer beautiful. underage.
1: <laughs> uh, Guys, I mean, but I, I'm. it was, this was really hard to foresee, especially if you choose to pay no attention to the transfer portal. That makes it really difficult to understand that half your team's going to leave.
0: Yeah. I think that there's a Uh, lot of uh, self-inflicted wounds there that they need to, uh, they need to cover up because the head coach is a little arrogant. That's kind of, and I don't think anything's going to change. You're not going to, nothing's going to change. Well, when Todd Munkin takes God over after the national championship game, changes.
1: <laughs>
2: they might be in
0: Stillwater. Can you
2: imagine if uh, that'd be wild? If if Chad Weiberg and and uh, Dr. Strum lead a lead a revolt and just get rid of him?
0: Uh, I don't know about a revolt, but I have heard that there is somewhat of a internal investigation in just to why they've lost an entire position unit. <laughs> like I I have heard that. Yeah, I mean— Like, I don't, they're not happy about the situation that well, everybody's and, talking about Oklahoma State football right now. And you've got people defending Mike, like,
2: oh, these kids aren't, you know, yeah they they weren't all that great anyway. It's like, But you can't turn over an entire position group, no matter whether they were All-Americans or not. You just yeah. can't. And you can't. You can't survive
0: doing you, that. You also can't uh, just act like the transfer portal isn't a thing. Like, just completely... Well, it's weird, because he embraces
3: bringing people in. Because remember, that was the December storyline. They're signing lots of They are killing it
2: in the transfer portal. But the other side, it's like, that doesn't exist. But we all know, if if you're (laughs) talking about players that you're developing versus players that are coming in on the transfer portal, it's not apples to orange. I mean, it is apples to oranges. It's not apples to apples. Like, you're not going to build a, a team a championship team through the transfer portal. You're just not like SMU did a really nice job and do it. Texas state did a really nice job, but there's a certain level that you can reach with, with the transfer portal. And I, I guess Lincoln Riley's pretty much, I mean, he did as well as anybody could do. Uh, and he looked like the exact same Lincoln Riley that was at Oklahoma yep. the last four years. It's just, yeah, he bring, just built
1: Oklahoma really fast. Brings at a smile at on the West coast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we can, we can get to that here in a little bit because that was so much fun. Watching the way that that Cotton Bowl I ended in the final morning. five and a half minutes. Sticking with it at 45 to 30, I felt vindicated. For the first time, it was like all those hours that we spent hate <laughs> listening to uh, USC games on the way back from road trips. <laughs> it finally paid off. It finally turned into what I, I thought it was going to be.
1: Um, well, what what's funny to me is the people, and, and to kind of digress into where we were just a second ago, and we, we can move forward after that, but the same people that will tell you Oh, the transfer portal—you can't build teams that way. Blah blah blah. Are the same people that are now trying to say it's no big deal that the entire receiver room's leaving? No, you can't have that shit both ways. Like, you can't replace an entire position group in one season and it be okay. And the transfer portal's not how you build a team. Like yeah. that. It, well, let's that, just say you can't coexist. do you
2: can't do both. I mean, you yeah. might be able to build a, a position group through the transfer portal. You might be able to. You know, overcome some losses, but you can't do both at the same
0: time.
1: No. It's just... But it's, at least they'll have their quarterback. Whoa, wait.
0: So, They're whoops. just some serious, just like... When you lose that many people or when you've lost that many contributors and like a J.P. Richardson or somebody that was a, literally a captain for the bowl game and you're losing foundational members of the program it would be, like, incompetent to not wonder what the hell's going on behind the scenes, why people are wanting to get out. Because I- you should be
3: done at this point. You're a week removed from the bowl game. There should be no more surprises. Like, we haven't seen anyone from OU, like, oh, man, I get the bowl prep and everything. Now that dude's really not happy. And he's yeah. t- you, you, you you saw who you were. You knew were, were going to leave in the couple of weeks of December leading up. That's not a surprise. At this point... Anyone that leaves because, you know, and there's still two, two more weeks of the window being open. That would be a surprise, though, because you should know at this point who you feel confident is coming back for spring.
2: I have some thoughts on that. First off, uh, I want to remind you guys. Well, I want to tell you guys something. Uh, prime Shrimp, our uh, are, are great sponsors, they've got an updated look uh, for 2023. I know a lot of you guys have ordered Prime Shrimp here on the site. Uh, and you're used to, when you've ordered in the, in the past, you've gotten two frozen packets of, of your favorite shrimp. Now they're, 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 they're kind of catering things toward retail a little bit, a little bit more. They're growing bigger. Uh, so now you just have one vacuum pouch instead of two. Uh, and the price is cheaper as well. So And that's where this comes in really good for scoopers. Uh, so you can get all the different combinations, the, the, the brand new uh, New Orleans-style barbecue. Uh, you can get the lemon pepper or lemon crack pepper shrimp. You can get the, uh, the, the Louisiana shrimp boil if you want, but it just comes uh, in one vacuum pouch. It's about half the price, uh, and so 10 minutes, put it in there just like you were before, but uh, you get these in single serve additions now. So they're changing things up a little bit, all new packaging. PrimeShrimp.com. It's P-R-I-M-E Shrimp.com. And here's the thing, you know, it's it's either eleven dollars or ten dollars per, per uh, uh, shrimp uh, signature, you know, sauce that you want to choose. Uh, you still get twenty dollars off. So you can literally get a couple packs of shrimp. You don't have to get just uh, the Louisiana shrimp boil. You don't have to get just the uh, the uh, French Quarter uh, Alfredo. You can get one of each, and they'll pay for it. You just pay for the shipping. So go to PrimeShrimp.com, use that promo code scoop, and you get $20 off uh, your first order, uh, which will get you two different packages for free. So go check it out. Easier way for you, too, to uh, try all the different flavors and uh, go through that stuff a little bit quicker. So single shrimp, uh, all-new packaging coming up uh, in 2023 at primestrip.com. And, guys, here's the thing about the Transfer Portal to me. And this is kind of the genius thing of what Clemson did and what Brent brought to Oklahoma is you have that support staff. You have those people that are a go between the coaching staff uh, and the, the players. Like, it, it's a, it's a you know, a, a, a support system, if you will. Like, Oklahoma State doesn't have that. It sounds like every – like, Mike Gundy had the press conference where he said, you know, I don't why, – why should I talk to the players about what they're going to do next year? That's not any of my business. No, that's everybody's business. Like – all the old school coaches, like the Pat Narduzzi's and the Mike Gundy, every coach is sitting out there going, "These guys are vulnerable. We can poach their players." And you know, Lincoln Riley's of the world are sitting out there and more. I mean, you don't think that after
0: this season that uh, TCU is not going to go out there shopping? I mean, they—they they, it was pretty. Um Pretty, it worked out pretty damn well for them this past year when they brought in 20 transfers, didn't it?
2: Well, and that's, you know, Sonny Dykes when he was at SMU. That's, where that's they, what he did. That's what he did. He's going to keep doing that.
0: Bring kids back home, too, and you can recruit to the DFW area very easily. as like, like a second opportunity.
3: John, like John Paul Richardson will be exactly. a here soon. Exactly.
0: And, it, you know, it, it might just boil down to uh, communication on the part of one staff just talking about, like, where they see you in the program. Like, how hard is that?
2: And, I mean, Oklahoma's already taken Trace Ford. I mean, maybe they take uh, sure. you know, some of the receivers that are coming out. I mean, they certainly need some. Sure. Uh, they don't have to worry about Kale getting pissed off because he's not there anymore. If I were Mike Gundy, I'd probably, probably hire Kale to help me out with some of this communication stuff because he's he's d- had to do that stuff at Oklahoma. Like, he's used to that, that kind of – and everybody wants to say, like, well, you can't coddle these players. You, you know, you got to – you're not going to – you can't let the, them run the team. Like, everybody kind of coddles them. Like – You have to coddle parents. You have to coddle trainers. Like, we've all kind of rolled our eyes at that stuff in the past, but that is what college football is now. It's like dealing with the third parties, and we've all lamented it being like, oh, it's the next AAU, but it's here. It's happening. You have
1: to not embrace it, but you have to deal with it. Hey, in Stillwater, they're more worried about coddling the coaches than they are the players. Like there's been more like there's there's always been a willingness to be like, well, that guy's not cutting it. That guy's not getting it done. But, uh, you know, like I and that's like, how dare you ask me about Casey Dunn? I'll revoke your press. Exactly. exactly. Like the and, and again, guys, from everything we've heard, it sounds like the core problem here in all of this is adaptability, adaptability yeah. offensively, ability to adapt to what's happening in college football and the fact that you have to have almost a personnel department at this point in time, like y- you have to accept that that's part of it, or I don't know how you exist in this era of college football.
0: It is kind of interesting, too, that, you know, I, I think that there is an element there that, you know, Mike Gundy's not having to answer to a lot of people anymore, right. like he used to with Mike yep. Holder, like he used mm. to with Boom Piggins. People and that as kept him as, honest. Exactly. And I'm not saying that, like, Chad Weiberg or uh, the president, what is it, Trump? Casey Shrum. Casey Trump isn't yeah. doing that. But I'm sure it's different answering to somebody that you feel like you can kind of walk all over a little bit, as opposed to somebody like Boone that well, yeah, kind of hold Holder the key when, to everything. Mike Holder
2: made his life, you know, harder than it needed to be. Just sure, to, and he just, hated it because and he of hated it. him. Yeah, yeah they, they went head to
0: head many a time. Uh, before we turn into uh, before we steal Carson Cunningham's uh, pistols firing podcast uh, yeah. podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Carson. Uh, <laughs> Under Armour wrap up thoughts, Josh. Uh, you know, obviously, really impressed with PJ and what he was able to produce. Uh, What about the six other guys? Obviously, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of talk about what Jackson Arnold did down there. Uh, Peyton Bowen just needed to get out of there with his life after all the questions about his (laughs) commitment. Which he he handled very, very well again. Like the the Rivals interview was really revealing the almost 10 minutes that he spent uh, talking with us. And then the one that you did with him as well. Kind of uh, just detailing everything that he thought about, uh, you know, his decision and the controversy and drama that surrounded that.
1: I could tell when I walked up to Peyton to do this interview. And it was like, Under Armour usually has a very explicit time. Like, okay, at the end of practice, you're going to get X, you know, 15, 20 minutes, whatever they set aside. And you can interview as many guys as you want to, however you want to, whatever. Well, the two days I was there, they kept having these skills challenges at the end. And then at the end of the skills challenge, it was just kind of, if you could find somebody, great. So I was like, screw that. I, I'm going to do this. During the skills challenge, so Peyton's watching some guys and he's hanging out with uh, a name that is familiar to a lot of OU fans, Ashton Kozart, and uh, you know, and some other guys, well, Jackson Arnold, of course, and, and you know, and some of the other commitments that are there. Uh, signees, God, I, 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 I've done this in multiple interviews, it's really hard to work that into my brain now, but um. And I walk up to him, like, Peyton, hey, man, you know, would, would just like to catch up with you a little bit. And I could see it in his face, like he was going to do it, but he was like, oh, shit, man, I don't want to do this again. And so I kind of told him, I was like, look, man, you, like, he really did. He laid it bare in that Rivals interview. So you were just like, I- I'm not going to make this difficult for you. But even within what I asked him, and I, I tried to be, you know, kind of more like, let's look at going forward a little more than just, you know, what the last week or two has been like. But he still kind of went into some of that stuff and talked about, you know, like I had to make the decision for me. My mom and dad had, you know, I just hope they were going to be OK with it. And, I mean, it was again, it, it was very much what we were hearing over the last couple months where it was mom and dad were in two different directions and Peyton wanted to go to Oklahoma. And I think, you know, I, I'm sure there was some feeling among, you know, and I, I know as a parent myself, like I get into this where it bothers me. Like, it doesn't bother me so much what decision my child makes, but it bothers me if I feel like she's making it because someone else is, you know, giving input or she's following someone else into something. And I, I, I wonder if that was part of the equation. But I, I thought he was good. What I, what did stand out to me, Peyton Bowen's got a lot of room to go in the weight room. Like, he he, he is a very lean guy compared to some of these other safeties out there. Uh, I mean, just looking at him next to Jacoby Johnson, Jacoby Johnson's a clearly more physically impressive uh, athlete. Now, what was interesting, and I'll, I'll give credit to all the Rivals guys, is I said something, and I'm standing next to, like, Adam Gorney, the national director, and Adam Friedman, a few of the other guys, and it was just like, we don't care. Like, he's really, really good. Like, I mean, it, it, Peyton Bowen is a guy you can tell Rivals National is full send on. Like, they they just love him, and – he didn't do anything through the week that hurt himself. He didn't scream out at me either. Like, it was just a solid performance. And like I said, I think it was for him, kind of like what you guys were saying, he just got to relax and play football again and not have to deal with all the crap that he's put up with for the last few weeks. Um, you know, we we can go into some other guys in a second if you want to. But But Jackson Arnold, obviously a lot of debate on the Crimson Corner today. I, I thought he was up and down. I'm not gonna I, I'm never gonna sugarcoat this stuff. I'm not gonna pretend like oh he's the greatest player ever and he did everything right this week. He missed a lot of throws. I thought in the stuff that he knows, the stuff he runs and is comfortable with at Geyer, he was the best quarterback there by miles and miles, and it wasn't even close. Now, the thing you have to remember. There's no Nico Iamaleava there. There's no Dante Moore. There's no Arch Manning. There's no, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of the elite guys weren't it either. Uh, Malachi Nelson wasn't there. So there was no, like, he should have been head and shoulders above the guys that were there. And he was. And, and, And so that's fine. But that doesn't mean he was awesome. Like, I, I didn't think he was. I thought he looked maybe a little rusty. I thought the the night practice that I saw the very first night, I thought maybe his arm got a little tired. Like, he just, like, you weren't seeing some of the same zip. And I, I don't think it's any huge negative. I don't think it's a big deal. Like, you're not always going to be at your best. And I don't take that as any huge thing. I just thought he was, you know, like, on a 1 to 10, I thought he was about a 7. Like, it, it was good. I've seen him be better. So, I, I, people that get mad about acknowledging a reality, I, I don't understand. Like it, it just, he was good, not great. And that's okay. Man, but he, I, I think if you just look at what he
2: did in, in, in the game, I mean, he showed to me, all I really you know, took away from watching him in the game was, okay. He looks in high school, like a guy that can make plays with his feet. He went out there mm-hmm. with uh, amongst the most, you know, talented players in the country and he showed that he's still, like, you know, still able to get yards with his feet, evade people, run past people. Like, that, to me, that's the biggest, you know, that's a huge win. Um, so, I mean, I that, I didn't have any issues, you know, just watching him in the game. I thought, like, that's all I wanted to see.
1: I, I wasn't really concerned about how he did in the drills, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and that's, and I honestly carry, that was I, I and again I want to be very clear. I don't care about the games. I watched bits and pieces of it. I'm not even gonna pretend I like sat there and watched it diligently. Well, usually sucks. I may yeah. go back. And yeah, they're they're so discombobulated. The rules are nonsense. Like you can't blitz anybody. Everything's single coverage. Like, yeah, there's so much that has nothing to do with what real football looks like that it's hard for me to take it seriously. But at the same time, what did stick out to me was on that touchdown drive when he breaks out of the pocket and goes on that big run, you're like, okay, he looks like he can move with these guys. You know, like it didn't look like, oh, this is a kid from North Dallas and playing, you know, the you know, the Colony and all these other, you know, Highland the Frisco Park. ISD stuff. Like, it, it was like, oh, no, he, he can run with any of these guys. Like, he's going to be Highland fine. So, it, <laughs> I'm what's just that? just saying, if a
2: kid in Highland Park, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's going to play against other teams that aren't
1: as good, like Frisco ISD. Sure, sure. Like, and uh, again, I, I obviously, he plays Allen. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't play anybody. Obviously, Guyer plays a very legitimate schedule. It, it was just more of, these guys are really good athletes that he hasn't seen 11 of at any point in his career, and none of those guys have. Um, so for him to be there and to look the part and match up physically, man, that's fine. That's just a box to check for me. Like, I, I, people are misconstruing me saying, like, oh, he wasn't perfect as, like, I'm down on Jackson Arnold. I I think Jackson Arnold's very good. I think he's going to be a multi-year starter, might be, a, might be Oklahoma's next great quarterback. I think people are... I'm worried that OU fans are guys, we were talking about this earlier. I'm a little concerned that OU fans are setting themselves up thinking he is Caleb Williams or he is Kyler Murray or he is, you know, late career Baker Mayfield. Like, man, I I tap the brakes a little. Like I, I'm just saying, those guys are rare. That's not it's, usually how it goes.
0: It's almost still, and I think we said this at the time when it was all happening. It's a disservice mm-hmm. to how good Kyler Murray was. It's a disservice to Baker Mayfield and how good he was at the end of the year. We're talking about players that were some of the best college football players Jalen Hurts to ever might be do his, it.
2: Jalen Hurts might be a ceiling,
0: And if that's the yes. case, he's gonna be the MVP of the National Football League this year. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: I mean yeah.
2: if he ever plays again.
1: Yeah, Jalen True. Hurts was the was the weak link in talent over like a six year run at Oklahoma at quarterback. Like, that's insane. That that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And I just, I, I think people think this is so easy. Like you just get a talented guy and plug him in and he's going to be a Heisman winner. I'm like, guys, it doesn't work like yeah, that. Remember, like just, remember Spencer And he very Rattler. well could win a Heisman someday. I don't think that you're saying yeah, yes. he, he won't. It, it, it's not that he can't. It's just that like, if that is your base level of expectation, in all likelihood, you are going to be disappointed. The funny
2: thing was like watching the other semifinal, it was like, that's the best I've ever seen C.J. Stroud play, like in a big game. And yep. I was just, even the announcers were like, "Wow, this is a really good version of C.J. Stroud." Like he was, he's been a two-time Heisman Trophy finalist, and they were, they were watching him on, you know, even the announcers on television were like, "This is the best version of him that we've ever seen," like running the ball and you know, complete pass And then Marvin Harrison went out of the game, and then he just kind of, you know, but anyway, um, no, but I mean, everybody's graded Georg- on the curve. A Georgia
0: second half cover. That's all that matters. <laughs>
2: Uh, so, it, yeah, I mean, what, no, I, I get it. I mean, nobody's – I don't think anybody is watching Jackson Arnold saying, oh, he's he's going to be the next great – you know, he's he's the next Kyler Murray. He's a big, tall kid that moves well for his size and, you know, really, you know, has a, a quick release and I think is accurate and throws the ball down the field
0: well. And I, it, it, it's, it's almost like one of those things where it's – this conversation is going to be misconstrued because at the end of the day, he still is a five-star quarterback. He still is one of the best high school football players in the country. But that's not what this. is. I mean, they, like, if
2: this was easy, like every draft pick would be Aaron Rodgers. Like, it like th- you wouldn't have bust. You wouldn't have you know question marks. That I mean, uh, what's the, who's the stupid guy from BYU? Uh, the Jets are giving up on Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach yeah. Wilson. Like that would never happen. But. I'm a friend of the Wilson family, so I I can't say much. I know. Uh, So it's just like, man, this whole thing is a crapshoot. I mean, you hope that you get the best player, best – and everybody that gets their guy, that becomes the guy. It's like, oh, you fans this year, remember all – I mean, all the tweets, every time rivals would tweet out, four-star Jackson Arnold, he's "He's a five-star. Like it's just you root for your guy once you sign him, and these guys sign so early. I'm sure everybody at USC thinks that Malachi Nelson's going to be just like you know Caleb Williams, and he's not going to be. I'm telling you right now, he's not going to be. Um, by the way, I guess he conveniently had surgery before that. Uh, I think he said
0: uh, he ha- he wanted to because he wanted to go through spring. Well, yeah, he's I going mean, to USC this. Right. He
2: said he could have. He actually could have had it during his high school season, uh, but and he decided not, have played, not to. Yeah, because yeah.
0: he wanted to play, which is cool. I, that's fine. Might well, as well do it now instead of. Uh, but well, I I the eat thing, tacos with him. I I drank. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you did. I forgot in the another
2: friend of the Redosovics. Fight on.
0: The thing with no is he won't be <laughs>
3: criticized or he, he won't fall in any rankings for being injured. But Jackson Arnold for showing up could, and that always ruffles people's feathers because that makes no makes no sense.
0: I think it, yeah that I, it would be a little bit out of control to bump a guy down because he had three bad days of practice with guys he doesn't even know.
1: Agreed. Like (laughs) and again, like I get for all the people on the board that I have been arguing with all morning, like it it was I got literally broken out of my argument with OU fans on the board by my cleaning lady showing up and I was like, I got shit to do. I gotta get out of the house. So that stopped for a while. But the the thing Why did you say
2: cleaning lady? What's her name? What's that? What's a cleaning lady's
1: name? Yesenia is her name. <laughs> oh my
2: god.
1: That's why I say cleaning lady. Whoa. So it's easier because like it, do you it even, that's a name. Like,
2: do you send Linda like do you send her like Christmas cards still?
1: No. Linda just walked out on us. She just left me high and dry. Really? I don't know what I did. It's 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 a whole thing.
2: Like Linda was when you moved over to League City, like she was still doing your house?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, now the entire world knows where I live, which is concerning to me. You know, I've oh, kept it kind of a secret, but this me is a the break. first album my of phone League number. City,
2: I mean, Lord, nobody's
1: gonna find you in your gated community. <laughs> uh, but no, um I uh no, like she she claimed an injury and we're like, okay, like she told us she broke her hand or something. And we are like, okay, and so she goes, I you know I need X I th- amount of weeks off. and we're like, fine, no problem." And then she literally just never came back.
0: How'd you break her hand? <laughs> Protecting herself?
1: I, I, she she took a swing at me, you know. That that's that's all. You know, I ducked it, you know. You trying to be the next trying to be the next that that national
0: soccer coach. Is that what's going on?
1: Oh man, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, the Rainier family. Of worms. Sounds
0: like they would have been fun for the recruiting process.
1: Uh, oh God. Yeah, that and the.
0: The thing that's so
1: crazy about that is they're old friends. Like, Berholds yeah, are per- yeah. going to go way so back. So good. So for them to be like, you didn't play our son. Okay, we're playing this card. Holy crap. It's it's maybe outside of... I said this morning on radio,
0: outside of taking a gun to a public area, it's the most American story that you could possibly get.
1: It... I mean, I don't know. And it makes you wonder, like, if he doesn't make those comments that he thought were private, like, does this even have... like? It, it it you wonder how far they had been pushed to feel like okay now we're g- we we feel comfortable doing this. It's beautiful. But it, anyway, we we've done a pistols firing pod, we've done a soccer pod. Let's not devolve too far. What um, what
0: about uh what about some of the guys maybe maybe we don't talk it uh you mm-hmm. know we've all we talk obviously we talk about P J we talk about Jackson. What about Lewis like Carter the, like the Lewis Carter even a Jacoby Johnson and what his performance was in Orlando. Uh, and maybe even DeQuise uh, Padaway. Like those are three guys that were down there, but I feel like I didn't really hear a whole lot about this week.
1: Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, just to kind of make sure we don't miss anybody, Caden Green. Sure. Again, I thought he had a really good week. Um, was way a lot more physical than I thought. He worked at left tackle. He worked at left guard. Uh, I, you know, I asked him in the interview. I said, hey, you know, with with Jacob Sexton going down, obviously Anton Harrison leaving has it come up like that, you know, you might be the left tackle on day one. And he kind of, you know, oh, no, nothing like that. And I mean, we can get into some of the portal uh, guys that Oklahoma's had on campus and current that's one that's there currently and one that was there yesterday. Uh, they're they're looking to beef up, beef up that offensive line through the portal as well. But Caden, I, I, I've said it before, I think he can be – like a Drew Samia as a tackle, like a good solid tackle. Nothing wrong with that. Can play good ball. You can win with him. Could he? And he, and he's ready enough physically. Like he's very strong. He's stronger than I anticipated. Um, I don't think there's an uh, like uh, there's no reason he couldn't play next year if, if they needed him to. I, that, that would be my would be my thinking. Um, but as a guard, that's like a Davin Joseph type guard. Like he could be special um in, in that role so and very much like that like Davin was a good tackle but not a great one but he was an outstanding guard so uh, that that's kind of what I would say uh as far as some of the others Lewis Carter I he love that good guy. in the game I just love him yep. I I I mean and you talk about a dude that like Lewis is one of the nicest kids you'd ever want to talk to but like you just look at his build and his frame. You're like, I ain't messing with that dude. Like, I mean, he's a, that's a bad looking dude. And, um, really, I I, chasing down backs, looking at him going through angles. Like he sees stuff faster than most linebackers do. That's, I'm sure that's why Brent loves him. He's just so instinctive. And like, even in drills, like, I mean, again, where, you know, they kind of know what they're doing. He's just a half step quicker than everybody else. Like he just really has a good feel for it. And I think, um, is a guy that, you know, we talk about, Oh, what's cheetah to me. He feels like a tailor-made cheetah like that. That's what it looks like to me. Um, You know, that's that kind of aggressive downhill player. I've compared him to auntie Jones. Um, He's bigger, probably not quite as fast, but I I think that same sort of just 100 miles an hour, all the time mentality Um, with with Jaquez Petaway. I've said for a long time that his hands don't get their credit. I heard that from more people this week where it was just like, man, he really catches the ball well and he does. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about outs, if you're talking about over the shoulder, you're talking about crossing routes. He really is good with his hands. And to me, I mean, if he can come in, if he can grasp the offense, um, I don't see any way. He's not a part of things like he's just too talented. His speed is just game changing. Um, I, I I see him making an impact. Um, See, there's Jacoby Johnson, who I – you know, for those that don't know, didn't follow it on the board. He didn't take part in the first practice, the night practice I was there. Came back, and and it was, wasn't his fault. He just – he arrived late. His plane got delayed. And, uh, you know, Bob, Eddie, I'm sure you Imagine guys can that. empathize. <laughs> um, and so he arrived a little late, didn't have his shoulder pads in time for practice, so he sat out that first night, but he went through it. I thought he was kind of okay. Again, kind of like you could tell how raw he was. You could tell – it was a big jump in not only talent, which every guy's going through, but Jacoby. I mean, guys, you've seen more of his games than I have. He's never challenged. No one goes down. nope. And so, for him to have a guy like Jackson Arnold throw into Jaquez Petaway, you know, running vertical down the field, that's a challenge. I mean, that that's something he's not seen before. And I, I thought it took him a little while to adapt, but I actually had, um, Woody Womack, one of our national guys, I ran into him at, at army yesterday and he walks up to me and goes, you know, who really had a nice game was Jacoby Johnson, had a few breakups, like really looked like it started to slow down for him a little bit. And I, you know, it, it makes me want to go back and watch a little bit because that's the stuff I've, I've just not seen. Like, it's one of those things where I can't grade it about Jacoby because I don't know. It's not on tape. It doesn't exist. Because, like I said, he's 6'2 and can run for days. No one in Oklahoma is throwing within half a mile of him. Because why the hell would you?
2: you got to watch the end of the uh, – never mind. There's something I've I've been waiting to show, Eddie.
3: You want to switch over to the All-American?
2: Before we do that, uh, I want to say Happy New Year, everybody. Um, And uh, I keep waiting for this play to happen. Happy New Year – Dead Soxy is here to uh, help you step into the new year in style. If you haven't already made the move, uh, as uh, Eddie and Josh and I and Bob even, uh, you really need to experience the difference a quality sock can make. Go to deadsoxy.com, enter the code SCOOP at checkout, and you'll receive 25% off all orders, including sale items. Uh, And look, as Dead Soxy continues to grow, they want to extend a special thank you uh, for the continued support of the Sooner Scoop community, you guys have been awesome. The folks at Dead Socksy constantly striving to perform, uh, to improve their quality, relationships, and customer experiences. Remember to enter that promo code Scoop at checkout for twenty five percent off all orders. And happy New Year from Dead Socksy, and, and always stay Socksy. Here's a watch Larry Naffy on the on the sideline right here. He loses his mind. Right there, there he is. <laughs> Where?
0: right yeah, in the corner. He's, oh, right in in the corner. Corner. Right.
2: he's losing his mind.
0: <laughs> Why was he so mad? I don't know. It was, it was
2: right before half. Because Bar- Javante Barnes ran out of bounds. Right. They're you, saying he ran him too far out of bounds. Oh, he wanted.
0: The, that's when they were short on the fourth and yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. He didn't I, get got the you, first. I got you. Oh, you, you. saying he came out right and there? And he didn't though. He stepped out first. The wolf. What if he would have just wolf. attacked somebody?
2: <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, I was trying to get your attention when that came on earlier. And I, yeah, that's I good. I never saw that until just now. This is the third time I'm rewatching this. So, uh, catching a lot of stuff. Uh, so as you said, Bob, go ahead and take over. Cause, uh, I, I'm sorry. I stopped Let's go there. to San Antonio. Or, uh, San
3: Antonio, not as many people, maybe, you know, just a one day. That's kind of hard for you to kind of encapsulate, encapsulate everything with those three, three guys, but just kind of take us through what you saw yesterday.
0: He did it.
2: He <laughs> muted himself. He finally did it.
1: Damn it! And I had such a <laughs> snarky ass response. Shit! I was gonna. I. I said I'm gonna get to hit Bob with a wood if you care because there are four guys in San Antonio, not three. But damn it! I, all right. Well, that was my moment of stupidity. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there's just one in this podcast. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, again, um, you know, for those that don't know, Samuel Omasigo, the Rivals 250 linebacker commitments there, uh, kid out of kind of central Texas, uh, Josiah Wagner, who I'd seen in the year uh, from the Seattle area, um, you got Joshua Bates, the offensive lineman from Durango, the, the longest standing commitment, and we we talked about, you know, how many times he's been asked about that, and that story's been written, and he, he you know, was... I don't think he was broken hearted to now be a signee. So he didn't really have to do that story <laughs> anymore. But um, and, and then the uh, the final piece was and I gave Bob crap and now I'm going to forget who the uh, Macari Vickers, uh, the only I thought Bates East, was hurt, but, I guess. How. And, and he like I saw him for like five snaps in the morning and and he finished the morning session and then as we talked in between he was like yeah I just kind of re-aggravated something little I'm just going to sit out the afternoon I'm like cool the one practice I'm here for he's <laughs> that, like one exactly. of the few guys in the yeah. class remaining I haven't seen and I didn't get to see him so um, but you know a, a guy I mean he's a he's a center all day I mean Josh is not going to over and, and and he even you know we joked about it during the interview is he you know kind of acknowledged I'm I'm not the biggest guy here. I'm not the most physically impressive guy here. He's going to have to trim up, you know, change his body a little bit. But he didn't have any illusions. Like he was like, I'm going to come in. I want to learn from Andrew. I've talked to Robert Congel a lot, like Like, I've had these conversations and he knows he's like, I just got to go in there and learn. He's like, I just want to soak everything up, learn everything I can learn. Um, So uh, he's a sinner, man. He gets it. He knows what he is. He knows what he's not. And I, I, I think he's going to be a really good one. I I think it's just going to need some time to, to get there and to develop. And, you know, in a couple of years, he's probably ready to be a starter and probably a pretty good one. So um, I I, I like, again, as much as anything that I got to, you know, take in yesterday from Josh Bates, it was just his maturity. I mean, he just really understands what his role in this thing is. Um, With Josiah Wagner, Again, I, what I love is that, that he's he he's just gonna fight with anybody, and I don't mean like physically. Like he he wants to mix it up. He wants to make it ugly. Like he's gonna get in there and just try to annoy you. He is the he's the DB every receiver hates because he's gonna stay in your ear. He's gonna stay right there on your hip, hand fighting with you, doing every little dirty trick he can come up with to keep you away from the ball. And I I I, I just love. His mentality, like he just is a guy that is going to fight and scrap for every inch. It's not hard to figure out why Brent Venables loves him because he is a, a, you know, Josiah is a talented kid, but he's about 5'10", 170 pounds. He's going to Oklahoma like he's an overachiever, like he he just he maximizes everything he's got. And, And I like that a lot. And it's he you know, and I asked him, I said, what do you see yourself kind of as? At Oklahoma, and he, you know, he goes kind of like that nickel cheetah role. And I know, again, they're going to have a seventeen deep at, at <laughs> cheetah, but it is kind of like you know, it like goes back to like the Brandon Shelby type of guy, where you know, early days of Brent using this kind of position where it was kind of flexible. And I think it will. It'll depend on who they're playing and what they're throwing at them offensively. To you know, do you see a guy like Josiah Wagner out there? I he because he screams nickel back to me. Right. Like he has that. Right kind of mentality, the right size. Like he's willing to throw his head in there and get involved. At, you know, at the line of scrimmage, like he he's just not shy. So I, I like him a lot. Um, the uh, Samuel Omasego, another guy that I'd had a chance to see during the season, he just keeps getting bigger. There's, th- I don't want to lay this at his feet because it's unfair, but physically the development. There's Kenneth Murray vibes there. Like, every time I see him, he's got, like, five more pounds of muscle. And you're like, what are you doing, man? Um, but he looks he looks great. I mean, and he's, you know, 6'2", probably 215, can just fly. He runs everywhere, you know, like I said plenty of times. Plays receiver for Crandall and is a good one. Um, he's starting to figure it out. You're starting to see him not get, like, you know – wrong arm. Like he, he, he'll keep the outside leverage. He'll do the little things where you're start, like, and not every time, but you're starting to see that light coming on. It's all clicking for him a little bit. And again, there's a million things that even I don't know that he's going to learn, but it's it, it's impressive to watch him go. But the guy that uh, I hadn't seen before was so excited, Macari Vickers. I, I think we've got him 120 in the country, and I don't think that's high enough. I, I think that's a really, really good player. He is Super smooth, really athletic. But guys, you know, we we've talked about it before. Like when OU will get into these big bowl games, the playoff games, and they would face these Alabama or Georgia corners that are gonna physical you up, and they're gonna put their hands on you. And every single play, you could probably call pass interference, but they know the referee's not gonna do it. That's how Makari Vickers plays. Like he. He's running guys out of bounds. He's—I mean, like there is, there's no limit to how far he'll go. I, and he's going to get flagged some. People need to just get their head around that. <laughs> but he is that physical corner that is going to disrupt receivers as often as not.
0: You go to the Alamo. <laughs> uh,
1: awesome. I mean, The, the dome, <laughs> yeah. I, I, which is. Just continues to be just a bastion of great football watching. And uh, I still will say the best press box I've ever been in as far as location oh, in a stadium. Man. It really is like a great place to watch a football game.
0: I don't, I don't know about practice and stuff like that, but I'd love the Alamo Dome and how it's set up. Yep. If it didn't have just yep. weird lighting, it would be like almost the perfect football. See, and I kind of like the lighting light. from a, just a video standpoint.
2: From taking photos, it's not great because you want to stop action a little bit more than the lighting. Yeah
0: what uh just from a national perspective I know that I've seen videos from uh, Brandon ennis down there and looks like he's tearing it up anybody stick out to you that you
1: thought damn i I, I wasn't expecting to see that I guess um well you know I touched earlier on Keon Keeley kind of being like I, I kind of thought like oh he's going to Alabama he's gonna be great like there is there he is a boomer bus guy to me like if he will buy into what Alabama's selling. He is an absolute freak of nature. Like, I mean, just, just a wildly talented guy. At the same time, like every time I saw somebody kind of come at him and push him a little bit, I, I don't know if he was always interested in that. Yeah. So um, that'll be interesting. <sighs> Caden Proctor, oh, my God. Like, that, that is, that's a second-year NFL left tackle right? Like his build is insane. I I've, I've rarely seen a guy like that. I've seen good young offensive linemen, but I mean, he looks like a guy physically. Now, again, he's like anybody. He's got a lot of work to do as a, as a technician, but just like his physical makeup is unbelievable. And when you can sit, like I saw Samson, Oaken Lola this week, I saw a lot of the top tackles there. It's not even the same sport. Like Samson, Oaken Lola, was like a he's like a six foot four almost guard looking guy, and then you've got Caden Proctor who's every bit of six six, and like you can see the like muscles in his calves when he walks like it's he's freaky like just just an unusual type of dude. Um, the you know under I will say and you know as a guy that went to both games the roster at Under Armour just like the physical appearance miles better mm-hmm. there's just no question like they looked it looked like a much more impressive group um and i guess i one of the guys um that you know a lot of people were buzzing about and it's not like a big surprise a very highly ranked guy justice haynes has been a guy that i was kind of up and down i didn't love his tape as much as where he's currently ranked but he seeing him up close. He's pretty damn good, man. He the the guy going to Alabama. I mean, uh, again, Keon Keeley, Caden Proctor, Justice Haynes, all three going to Alabama. I'm really stepping out on limbs here, <laughs> but um, you know, there, they were they, there are some dudes. It's it's going to be interesting because this was a really pretty solid class. You hear nationally that next year is a little shakier. Like I know in Texas, it's not as good a year as it has been the last few years, and nationally, I don't hear the same buzz about some of the guys like you have over the last couple of years. Um, and that, that, that's pretty normal. It seems like every fourth or fifth year you kind of hit a, a class. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of good players, but it's not the same elite. Like, Oh my gosh, there's a bunch of freaks.
0: I'm to portal now. Yeah, we can go to portal or we can go, Josh, I, we're watching the uh, cheese at bowl game. If you have any thoughts, just recapping uh, the end of the the, yeah, uh, get the season to, to break that from down the bowl game. All. Bob, yeah. if you want to, if you have anything to add, it, you know, I I'm sure that oh,
3: I I got laughed at for saying it was a good performance on the message board for three pages, so I'm well f- them. I, I think I'm good. like
1: that's people that think any loss is bad. Like I mean, y- you have to there has to be some ability to recognize nuance. Like out arguably your four best players. And to go toe-to-toe with a good – and again, I said before the game, I didn't think Florida State was special, so I'm not going to make that Florida State team into something they're not. But that's a good football team. And OU fought them tooth and nail in what, from what you guys tell me, was basically a freaking home game. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. It might have been, like, better than a home game. I don't know. There were so many Florida (laughs) State fans. at least 80-20, at
0: at least. Oh, and that's that's being very conservative about it. I mean, it was probably closer to 85-15.
2: Yeah, I just, I, you know, and I said this, like, I said this on the pod with Eddie after, like, you know, I I will never make anyone um, handle the Twitter account on game day besides myself. Like, I would never make anybody in the, like, Bob or Eddie or anybody in the future that we hire, like, it's just, it's too much. It's it, it's It's insanity, and, you know, people get so, I just feel like the fan base right now, like, you need to just tone it back a little bit i mean it's it's just i look at it out there and you know i'm no, you I'm need to no, all the time crazier they're there getting you go know, no they're
1: crazy <laughs> we no, got about, we got danny Koye talking about nudes in his dms like there's, there's a
2: difference in just being a whack job tantrum thrower versus being someone that is passionate about ou football like, that's fair like and what I'm saying is the balance is getting skewed here because we're getting too many just whack job OU fans that can't like like can't just like you said like this is a fun game to watch. It like, is. They lost it. I understand that. It was a great game. It was great a really college good game. college football game. Like there's some positives to come out of this. You have to be able to embrace that kind of stuff as a fan, or else you're just gonna be a miserable fucking human being. <laughs> And no one wants to be around a miserable f***ing human being. Huh. So, like, embrace some of the good and the fact that they're able to take four offensive linemen that never started together yep. before. And, yes, they did screw up at some key moments, but you knew that was going to—or if, that yeah, yes. if you didn't know that was going to happen— That's why they're 6-6. Yeah, if you didn't know that was going to happen, then you just are an unrealistic bastard. So, it's just like, stop making everyone crazy— and just embrace some of the positives. Not everything has to be a diatribe and and, and you grading, you know, an ax or, or grinding an ax against everything OU football. Like, there are some good things that have happened this year. It's not all great. It's six and seven. I understand. And it's not 1980s John Blake all over again. No, it's not. We've said that a hundred times. Like, look, this game, We I've watched it three times now. It doesn't make me shy away. They lost a football game out a field goal at the end of the game. like And I can live with that because I think you see this recruiting class, everything we've talked about today, there's a lot of positives going on right now. So,
3: I mean, you look at Savon Burt, Gavin Sawchuck, like you saw things from the guys that yeah. you think can be real players in 2023 and beyond, and that's what you were looking to try to find. I never would have
2: given, given Aaron Parks a chance to go out there and not feel like a guy that needed to be pulled from the game halfway through. And, yeah, I mean, he was another guy that had mistakes. But still, I mean, you know, I, I, you saw a lot of good stuff out there. And I saw, you know, Danny Stutzman wasn't perfect, but he did a lot of good things. David Aguebu's gotten better. I mean, he's not perfect, but he's gotten better. And we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I think with what they're adding to it, like a P.J. bore like, that's a guy that could come in immediately, and he might not play every snap, but –
0: He's going to make you better and more athletic and more dangerous on defense. At the end of the day, are they adding bodies? And we'll get to it in the portal discussion. Are they adding bodies that are going to contribute and help make the product better? Absolutely, yes. Like every guy that they've brought in so far is somebody that you would think is going to have some type of piece on the 2023 team. Specifically talking about the portal guys. Obviously, some of the elite guys in the 2023 class are going to step in and play immediately and help add depth. You have to love what you saw out of Savion Bird, though, Josh. <laughs> He's got to be yeah, reined that... in, I think. <laughs> He's got a personal it, foul-pone. It, it's better be to bring to somebody back than it is the other way around and try to make him go but crazy. But he and Guyton together, I mean... Yeah, there's a lot to a like. lot of promise.
2: But, the, like, again... It's, he, and Andrew Rame's going to come back, and then that's yeah. going to give you yeah, go, well, a chance to you know go back and forth or wherever they, you want to put or in. Or they
0: add somebody like a Matt Lee Maybe who's Lee, from Central and then Florida. And you let Rame be a guard. And right. st- mm-hmm. right. One of the uh, Central Florida, Matt Merchelle, Mich- uh, who covers Central Florida as well, also added, he writer for the Orlando Sentinel, that Matt Lee was one of the several former teammates to reach out uh, to support Dylan Gabriel when he decided to transfer. So there is definitely a – talking there. about like the uh, the – tweets from earlier that we started the program with uh, that, you know, they are very close. It seems
1: like guys, I have posted something on the board uh, kind of while we were, you know, early in the, in the pod here. But so I can, I don't have to worry about like, I didn't get it out before it's uh, on the board, but I have talked to a few people that sounds like this came together pretty quickly. Yeah. Like last 24, or 48 yes. hours.
3: <laughs> he went in two, uh, t- two days ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so th- like, I don't know, that I don't I, like I said I don't know that this was in necessarily like one of the direct plans but obviously very good player someone was telling me and I, I haven't looked to verify if it's true that he was like the third rate center according to PFF this year or something like that so wow. a good player and I from what I can gather it sounds like they they want to size him up a little bit and just see what he can do and that may pertain to could he play center and rain moves to guard or right. vice versa you know what whatever. However, they're going to look at that. So, um, but again, from what I also gathered, it I mean, and it's not like you're having to read a lot here. Sure sounds like Oklahoma would be in very good shape if, if they want to really pursue him. He's just for, I guess, perspective. He's number one
0: right now in the uh, athletics portal offensive line available. Nice. That,
1: Which is funny because you
3: you, you you would think it'd be a tackle.
1: So for it to be sure. a center is sure. definitely yep. a little sure. different. Well, and, and speaking of tackle, they brought in Walter Rouse uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. The the left tackle from Stanford, guy has started has thirty nine career starts at left tackle for Stanford. Um, and you can say whatever you want. If if Stanford's done anything right in the last few years, they they still have decent offensive linemen. They're still yeah. playing decent football on the line of scrimmage. So, um, and I would think the way they have played would Men, would would lend itself pretty well to Bill Biedenboe and his style. So um, there, I, I I haven't heard a lot about how that went, but I, I do think Oklahoma's got to be thought of as a contender there because, I mean, you know, yeah, look, man, we uh, don't have anybody at left tackle with any experience. Like, y- you could come in and win this job. It's
3: OU, Iowa, and the Huskers, and I know Nebraska is going to go as all out as they can this weekend when they – Bring them in. Good
0: schools to be uh, joining when you're talking about offensive linemen, It seems like. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but we'll uh, keep you updated on, on portal uh, movement. Uh, Bob's got a story right now on the homepage, uh, and uh, it will include uh, Matt Lee here uh, shortly as well. Uh, but we'll keep you up to date on what's going on with players coming in, coming out, uh, who you know OU is getting interested in, who they you know might might uh, might still be out there for the Sooners to to land. Uh, in the transfer portal. So, all that stuff, go check it out on Soonerscoop.com.
3: And it, it's, it's just weird because, you, you know, the Bowling Green receiver, you, you know, OU offers them, and he's like, he got like 10 offers the first day he hit the portal. So, it's it's so hard to sort of gauge where the mutual interest is going to be. You need stuff like him saying, he's in Norman, to le- to really let you know that this is an offer that you need to, Pay pay attention to because just like with Matt Matt Lee, this transfer portal recruiting that happens so so quickly, and there's this five day window from Wednesday through Sunday for the mid year transfers to make as many visits as as possible, and that's why you're seeing these things come together as fast as they are during the last last couple days.
2: Uh, all right. Um. Outside of that, I think, you know, Under Armour, All American, transfer portal, uh,
0: pretty good. I, I, I would say. Everything was going so well until we got to this point. Until we
3: got to basketball.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
3: and going don't on, don't on the road. 0 and 2, and now going to Lubbock and Lawrence in the next week. There's just going to be a big beep. Join right my
2: there. movement,
1: I mean, OU <laughs> fans. <laughs> join <my> the movement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <You> can, <laughs> it's just a big beep. I mean, nobody
0: knows what you're talking about. That's fine. I talked about it for four hours this morning. I, if we don't want to talk about it, that, that is completely okay. No, I mean, uh,
2: starting out 0 and two in conference at home is is awful. I mean, it that awful. That's that's a, a death blow. Nearly. They're just a it b- really b- is. they're
0: not a very good basketball team right now. Like Todd and I talked about this this morning, Bob. It it's when when have they beat a good basketball team late? They haven't Thanks. in a year and a half. Yeah, they haven't done it. Like the last time that they beat a good basketball team. Uh, in a close game was with Long Kruger as the coach. And
3: I think what surprised everyone and myself included about Wednesday night is you start to count on things. You start counting on Grant Shurfield getting between 15 to 20 points running the team, And here he's got four points, he's got a turnover, he's in foul trouble, he looks like he's totally lost, he looks like he's tired from all the usage rate that he had throughout the first two months of the season, and you're trying to figure out on the fly how to win a very important conference game when your star player is
0: just missing in action. It was the very first time, too, that he was uh, visibly frustrated yep. with not being able to get anything going offensively. Well, he but couldn't
2: get off a shot. I mean, I was say couldn't. it was just all over him.
0: I, being... I know one way not to get a shot off is dribbling the ball into the corner and getting trapped yeah. and using the sideline as the third defender. Like They you, lost a timeout because of it. it. It's just incredible to me that, I guess, the lack of IQ with this basketball team. You know, Tanner I, Groves is what he is. I don't think he's a very good basketball player.
2: I, 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 saw the, I, I said this to you guys yesterday. Like, I'm sitting there watching uh, and – you know, Bijan Cortez is in the game and, and he's he's diving towards the basket and Tanner Groves is diving with him and like you see lanes there that he's rolling with him and he just doesn't hit it. I mean He, just he trust
3: well he trusts God he trusts Godwin to catch it. Where Tanner Groves has not shown the ability to consistently catch that type of pass.
2: But I mean, why are you running that set if you're not going to pass it through an open lane? Like at least throw it to him and let him fumble it around and then just go back to Porter and say, I can't do anything with this guy. They have a uh, a very. No, that last shot last night was just dumb. Oh.
3: And that's because they didn't have the timeout because of all the stuff that had happened in the previous couple minutes. They weren't able to get a real play designed. That that's what like happened last year. And
2: then you get, I mean, like you get the non-call on the foul where it goes out of bounds. Yeah. And then you get the ball back and you waste it. Like, yeah, that's you know, what he's just, talking
0: about. Like they they didn't have a timeout, so they. They they drew a shit play up. Yeah, to begin with you have Bijan trying to get
3: the Jalen, oh,
2: Jalen in, in traffic. Uh, they they were trying to get Sherfield
0: coming off of a screen, and he got that blocked was the up, that obviously. was the second
3: option. The first option was Jalen. The second option was going to be Grant, and you know they felt confident that Bijan could try to make that pass. Iowa State was just, just played harder. Too hot. Than I mean, yes, Iowa State just did.
2: played harder. They stuck on their wow. man. I mean, they couldn't get open. They just weren't. There wasn't enough. You
0: know desperation. The, the when and the, they needed it. And the problem is, is that now you've lost two home games in a league where it's going to be tough to win on the road. So even yeah, if now you, you gotta go love it, congratulations. Even if you, even if you, who's in the same spot? Who's in go, the exact same spot now? Sure. Even if and even if you are able to go seven and two at home. Like, what road game are you gonna win to get yeah. one back? You can't win yep. one to get one back. You're not going to Lawrence. You're not going to Lubbock, probably to win. Doesn't look like so Kansas it's, State's going to be an option this season. No, it just <laughs> so. it's 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 about as poor of a start as you could possibly uh, imagine. And a lot of it is self-induced and or self-inflicted in a way that I didn't think that Iowa State, like, they played well defensively. They didn't play good last night offensively. No. You kind of got lucky in that regard, and you weren't able to win that game late. I mean,
3: they fought, they used so much energy to make 25-7 turn into 27-25. And they
2: were, they were behind, they were playing from behind the entire game. The
3: entire second half, they were That start was offensive. Yes. Like
0: just straight up, some of the worst eight minutes of basketball I've seen an Oklahoma team play, uh, uninspired, not really just shitting on themselves, it was just kind of who gives a shit. Yes,
3: it was like they didn't care about being out there. Initially. Which and is it concerning. C.J. Nolan and Bijan to come in and provide the spark, and the rest of the team followed suit. But yeah, they never really were in control in the second half. It was just, but they were never out of it. Never like more than two or three possessions down. But just never felt like they were about to take a stranglehold. And when you got to that final media timeout, talking to to Eli, to Eli the, the Tulsa World, to go, there isn't one person in here that believes OU is going to win this game.
0: No. It It's just so, so foul. I I couldn't be more down right now on the uh, the OU basketball program. And even with that said, they're still top 45 in net. Like, that's the thing, though, is the Big 12 is so good. But you're going to have to
3: win You're going to
2: cut some people out that are probably deserving of being in the tournament, though. I mean. Well,
3: eventually, it's going to be like last year where West Virginia worked itself out of the picture. It's right. like they were top 40, 50, and it's like you had to win. You can't keep coming close. Then you end up in the sure. 70s. And that's sure. OU. That's the trajectory. It's on. And oh, by the way, your, uh, your
0: non-conference game that you still got out there is against another Bama. top 17 <laughs> in like, Alabama. Yeah. So, and you're, I, We're not even going to do the Lloyd Noble Center atmosphere. I don't even want to talk about it because it was so bad. And, but like sort of knew it would be. If Not that you, bad, though. You Not that couldn't bad. Couldn't be brainwashed
3: by what Saturday was with Texas and think it was ever going to be like that during the winter break for a 6 p.m. tip after you lose a game like that.
0: They w- It would be if they were good or if they had a, a better arena, but oh well.
2: By the way, what does it mean with Team Griffin buying up? But buddies? I don't
0: know. It's, Buc- it's, Buc- a fun, it's a fun AAU story that I know nothing about. Yeah. But It is, it like is a, so uh, weird. I, I read it and I was like, oh, I didn't know that AAU programs did that. I guess that's what Taylor's doing, though. He runs the Griffin basketball. Yeah. Uh, empire. Yeah, it is an empire now that they bought Buddy. I mean, it's
3: probably tough to maintain. It's like a great idea in theory. Like, we'll see how long Team sure. Trey Young lasts. Like, sure. it sounds like, yeah, it's something I really want to do. And then you realize how difficult it is to do uh, on a year-to-year basis. And
0: I want to see some, like, AAU wars, like street <laughs> wars.
2: Like the, like in Anchorman.
0: Yeah, exactly <laughs> like in Anchorman.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, Josh, we're done. <laughs> Basketball grievances have been filed. Did away. they lose?
0: <laughs> they, lo- are, they are did.
3: they
1: not doing well? They are not. I
3: mean, OU or Texas Tech will be zero and three after
0: Saturday night. You've yeah. just.
1: Oh, you may never play on Who you bet regular cable TV argument, again.
2: It, it may seems be all ESPN plus it seems here closer
0: to uh, three and fifteen than it does ten and eight. <laughs> but so we'll we'll say that. We'll say that. <laughs> and it's also like one of those things too that it just like the style of play, like if you're gonna play in these close games and you're gonna, you know, try to run sets and try to possess the basketball and have really good possessions. You better score and execute, and it's just so far from that. I don't know. I'm I'm bringing
3: Joe Bama back to the talk when we meet with Porter tomorrow didn't you, he, he didn't even play. You're not athletic enough. Your most athletic player
0: is sitting on the bench. I just it, I don't understand that either, but. What
2: All right, um, that's going to do it. We'll be back again next week. Uh, probably a lot more uh, transfer portal activity to report on, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, there and uh, on the recruiting trail as well and basketball. Ugh.
0: Unless they win in Lubbock and Lawrence, and then we're going to win them as the we're next not, Final Four champions. They don't
2: deserve an emergency pod yet.
0: Not yet. Well, but. no, I mean –
3: you could look at zero four going into West Virginia. Well, allow Josh tweet about it. West Virginia at home at eleven o'clock next Saturday. That's what you could be looking at.
0: No, no, <laughs> no. I don't, I don't think will, I want that it either. will get to a point where I'm just going to be like,
2: "Do you want us to cover this shit?"
0: TCU's, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, TCU's playing in a national championship.
2: I can't wait for Monday. I need I, mean, Ke- I, really I need Kendra Miller
3: to be healthy. I know they're not going to do it without Kendra.
2: I wouldn't
0: say that, but they're not going to do it. Period.
2: period. <laughs> okay. This team Just might stop, uh, but they, stop it. It is, it is, it is
0: unbelievable, right? though. I mean, they they kind of beat the shit out of uh, Michigan on uh, Saturday.
2: Look, Georgia's secondary is not a bunch of world beaters, and they got
0: Darius no, Davis
3: they made look like. And Quentin Johnson got held. That's what I kept saying. That team was beat up. They had an Georgia,
2: early bye
1: week. Jo- if Carson Harrison Junior
2: doesn't get hurt, I think Georgia loses that game.
1: I think they do too. They do. Because Marvin Harrison Jr. is an NFL guy, so is half of Ohio State's wide receiver room. TCU has one dude that's scary, but he's Darius scary. Davis is a good player.
3: Tay Barber's well, a good player. Keely yeah.
1: Ringo enough, it'll it'll be fine. I get like, and the, and that's the thing. The Georgia player Georgia gets measured against Georgia. <laughs> yes. Like Keely Ringo's not great <laughs> or didn't have a great game by Georgia defensive standards because Georgia's defensive standards are absurd. But he, like, he gets J. J. picked McCarthy on though. Ran I mean, all over like he does TCU get, defense, but he
2: does get picked on. They go after him a lot. People go
1: after Keely Yeah, because he's super aggressive. Like he'll make ba- yeah. he'll make big plays and then he'll make bad ones too. But Marvin Harrison Junior. is the best receiver in the country. Like. Getting beat by him, I, 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 I don't know why. I, I feel like people are just setting themselves up for a huge disappointment here. Why like, you're really painting yourself in the corner right here? I'm fine with. I think it. the game's Georgia gonna be closer. Is so much better up front than TCU than anything TCU has seen.
0: I think the game will be closer than twelve and a half, but I don't think that TCU is going to win.
2: I don't want to hear any of this. I, I don't want to hear any. Of I see this. like 34-17. Kinda...
0: <laughs> okay, I mean. Yeah, I mean like, that's a that's within a touchdown of yeah, covering.
3: Yeah, it could like, be like it, 24, way. 17, midway through the third, and then sure. Georgia yeah. just uses its
0: power. It and is strength. kind of it is kind of like interesting to me that like for some reason I don't ever feel threatened by TCU. I don't know what it is like from an OU perspective. Like I think most of the time in the back of your mind you would want the Big Twelve to win, but like in the back of your mind you really wouldn't want them to win, kind of thing. I kind of want TCU to win on Saturday I or too. on Monday. I do, too. It'd be
1: fun. I would love it. It'd be super – like, it'd be a great storyline. Don't have a- to talk about Georgia and Alabama. There are only but- a handful of teams I would root against
2: in a national championship. USC with Lincoln. Texas A&M. Texas. Texas. And that's about it. Unless you just have a total jackass like Jameis Winston as your quarterback. Did I root against
0: you? I don't know what the uh, the list of teams would be <laughs> that I would like actively cheer against. I, it probably depend on who I bet on. Obviously,
2: well, that doesn't count. This has to be emotion.
0: I bet with emotion. That's what you're supposed to that's do, why, isn't it? You bet that's, with
2: emotion. <laughs> that's why you have to keep working two jobs. Is, is that what it, Isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> Oh man! Uh, anyway, no, I'm looking forward to it. Don't uh, harsh my don't don't harsh my buzz. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm hoping for TCU win. The biggest question is, will I ruin Dry January in in, in uh, for uh, the national? It's jam- January
0: fifth. Yes, yes, you will.
1: I've gone five days. I'm pretty it's good. A big <laughs> day for you
0: tomorrow, Josh. <laughs> anniversary.
1: What anniversary is tomorrow? DC January sixth. <laughs> oh God!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that, Daddy. Note. You
1: know, I've kept myself out of that for a year, and then you just publicly throw me back in. I'm just gonna have you to know. go back
2: and watch some tapes. Yeah. <laughs> Find Josh. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it. Put it uh,
1: Pelosi's office. He was sitting there.
2: <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll be back again next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast right here from ScooterScoop.com.